Folks, it's your boy here, Dr. Sean Towns, with episode 20-0 of the Be More Today show. We have come such a long way, 20 episodes, and this, folks, is going to be the best one. I'm excited to be here with my musical director for Be More Today, the efficient, illustrious, talented Terrence Farrell. Terrence, what's going on? Man, everything is good. I'm happy to be alive and excited about all the new things that are happening. Man, this is going to be the best show, I think. It's 20. It's a big number for us. We've come a long way. And uh, the quotation I have today is very simple. It's by Sojourner Truth. And it says, I will not allow my life's light to be determined by the darkness around me. When I read that, Terrence, I said, you know what? This is it. Uh, There's so much stuff going on around the world. We talk about this every single show. But it's not about that, right? It's not about COVID-19. It's not about the movements. It's about what we're doing every single day to show our light to other people. And, um, you know, I'm blessed to be able to do something like this with you. Um, both of our careers are, are different. Clearly, you do music, I do physical therapy, and, you know, we can come together and use our lights to shine and, and, and showcase the lights of others who are doing great things, who are being more in their own communities, who are showcasing their light in various places. It's an, it's an opportunity that I think a lot of people wish they had. And I'm just happy that we can use this show that, again, now is heard in 10 different countries to go out there and just shed light on people to say that, no, things are happening around the world, but we're doing great things in our little niche here and little niche there. And, and we're making the world a better place. And the same words that Ms. Truth said in this, in this quote is, is so poignant to me, just using our life to let light shine and to illuminate darkness around us. We can't change what's happening around us every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can make a difference in our small communities every single day. And I'm just happy that we can use this show and be more today to be that medium uh, uh, to make that change happen. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Terrence? Uh, the, the, the quote is excellent, man. That's a, that's a really good choice. Um, I was just telling, oh, I forgot. I think it was my wife. I was just telling her that um, with a lot of the posts coming through about what's happening and um, there's certain people that take it to a dark side. Mm-hmm. And I have to make sure I protect my mind so that I don't become, you know, pseudo racist a, a, as well. Like oh, every time I see somebody of a different, uh, uh, a different race, it's like, oh, yeah, I get all tense. And, and it's the same thing. It's the same thing that we're protesting against. I don't want to become. So it's absolutely right. You can't let the darkness around you change the light that's inside of you. And what we're doing here would be more today. And like you said, our different careers, but we're both affecting so many people in positive ways. It's just, it's just great. That quote is really spot on, man. Yeah. I'm super excited about it. When I saw it this week, I said, you know what? This is the quote for the show. And with the show number 20 for today, I know we have a very, very special guest, Terrence. Who's our guest on the show for today? Man, my, the, the guest for, for the show today is none other then Reggie Parker, good friend of mine, good friend of mine. Let me let me read the bio. Gospel music lovers know Reggie Parker from his years of touring and recording with such notables as Reg, Reverend Hezekiah Walker and James Hall. R&B and hip-hop fans have heard his distinct bass lines accompanying Will Smith and Coolio, among others. He has proven himself 
as an in-demand sideman many times over. And now he's finally stepping into the spotlight on his own. Reggie calls his musical abilities a God-given gift rather than a talent. Growing up in Brooklyn, he took inspiration from the music he heard in the church of his father, the late Reverend Joe L. Parker. He also absorbed the classic R&B and pop sounds of everyone from Stevie Wonder and the Jackson 5 to Donny Hathaway and Luther Vandross. At age 12, he convinced his parents to buy him an electric bass guitar. Though he confesses it took him a while to master the instrument, he kept practicing and practicing, and one day it seemed like he literally woke up and knew how to play the bass. Studying the styles of such master bassists as Marcus Miller, Stanley Clark, and Jaco Pistorius, Reggie developed his own unique style. He honed his skills while gigging at such venues as Wilson's in Manhattan, where he sat in with various guest players and vocalists. His stint at the club led to live dates with rapper Coolio, Aaron Hall, The Winans, and studio sessions with Will Smith. His bass line is front and center on the hit track Freak It, which is on Will's greatest hits CD. By the late 90s, Reggie had also secured a reputation as an in-demand bassist with contemporary gospel artists. He taught extensively with the Reverend Hezekiah Walker and the Love Fellowship Crusade Choir and appeared on seven albums with the group, including the Grammy Award-winning Live in Atlanta. His bass intro on How Much You Can Bear, How Much We Can Bear, has inspired many basses worldwide. He also contributed to the live and studio projects of James Hall, Reverend George Seawright, Moret Brown Clark, and BBJ. Reggie's melodic lines and commitment to the groove made him an asset, whether the music was sacred, secular, or somewhere in between. Reggie's blend of old school substance and 21st century style makes his music unpredictable, ear-catching, and appealing to a wide variety of music fans. His music paints melodic pictures inside the listener's mind. It's all there in the grooves. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, help us welcome Mr. Reggie Parker. Woo, woo, woo! Oh, that's How you a, doing, Reg? That's an incredible uh, bio. Who's that for? <laughs> I know when you hear back, it's kind of crazy, right? Yeah, man. Wow. It's blessed. Yeah. Thanks for having me, fellas. Appreciate the opportunity. No problem, man. Thank, thanks for being available, man. We, yeah. we we know how busy you can be. Yeah, I, you know, I love to talk to them, so you know that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. So I wanted to start off because, you know, um, there's always there's always thoughts behind this. And I don't know if everybody knows, but you're, you're a PK, a pastor's kid. So what was it like growing up as a PK? Uh, yeah, my father, the late Reverend Joe Lewis Parker, was pastor of the Wayside Baptist Church for 29 years. Mm. Uh, you know, PKs have a lot of things that come with it. You know, they, they say all oh, PK kids are promiscuous. And we're no different than any other person. 
It's just that your parents is a preacher. You, you know, you looked at, you kind of looked at with a, a magnifying glass more than the, the regular kids in the in the church. Mm-hmm. So it kind of puts you, you know, on a high pedestal, and you have to kind of watch what you do. But you got to live your life too, because in the end, every Christian is is human. We all gonna make mistakes, and you can't live your life for other people. You got to live for you, and that's what I did. I mean, like my brother said. People don't know me unless they know that I don't really care what anybody thinks about me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be me, and I'm not trying to do stuff for people to love me, to like me. I do it because it's in my heart. And if I get fans because of that, then that's a beautiful thing. But it, I have to love what I do. I have to love me. And I think a lot of people don't love themselves first. Mm-hmm. You know, we live in the world where everybody's saying, oh, you got to be humble, 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 humble. Yeah, but you also got to be confident, too. You almost got to be borderline arrogant. Don't be arrogant, but you got to, your confidence level got to be high. Because mm-hmm. if you, we live in such a world where people just want to criticize everything you do. But you got to look beyond that. Like I said, it starts with what's in your heart. You sit behind that board because it's in your heart. Right. Nobody put a, got a gun pointed at you. That's your heart, both of you guys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, so being a PK, I was just basically myself. My, I have a younger brother. Same thing with him. He's shy. He doesn't talk as much as me. We're totally different. But, um, yeah, it was interesting. I, I'll say that was the worst. <laughs> <laughs> now, what caught me in reading your bio was the fact that you said you, you hit this practicing stage um, where – it might have felt like it was taking you longer than you expected. What was that practicing stage like? Well, first of all, I was, I learned, I wanted to play bass. I saw Bishop Jeffrey White play bass at Tribro Mass Choir's recording. I heard a couple of bass players, but I just wanted to start to learn for the love of it. Mm-hmm. I never thought that I would have a, a career and all that stuff that you read in the bio. Never. So I didn't even know what a bass was. I, I just, I didn't know how to tune it. I didn't know what 440 even meant. <laughs> so <laughs> I was just fumbling along. I don't know how they let me play in church out of tune like that. But I kept listening. I kept listening to music. I kept listening, 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 listening. And I really think because of my perseverance that God saw that I was serious about it, mm-hmm. that he blessed me. And like I said, one day it just clicked. I, I just knew, okay, G has to be tuned to G, D, A, E. This is what a bass is supposed to do. This is what you're listening for when you're listening to the music. It's, cra- it's a crazy story, but it's a true story. And from that point on, it's like math. If once you're trying to learn quantitative methods, if you don't catch it that first day, mm-hmm. you're probably going to be lost. But if you catch the formula you can you kind of figure it out. And that's what I think I caught the formula of what the bass was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was able to go to the next level. Okay, okay. Now, I, along those same lines, because I don't know if you know it, I picked up the bass at one time. Cause I right. th- never bass, told you. Nah, I never told you that. I thought bass players were cool. And I said, I'm going to learn how to play the bass. We are. Every, every... <laughs> yeah, all right. I, I believe you, y'all are. Drummers are a little cooler, but we ain't going to go there right now. <laughs> okay. But I started practicing, and every bass player, you know, they, they hit this thing. My fingers started hurting because they just, they wasn't used to the strings. Calluses. 
yeah, but it was before the cat, and they was just hurt. And I said, no, nah, I'm not doing this. And I gave up. Right. What was it that kept you going? I mean, even though the practice stage took a little longer and you was playing out of tune. And I mean, because you hear people that you want to be like, oh, I did. And when I'm playing and after a while, it's like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not there. And it's like, yeah, forget it. And I, I gave up. Uh, called the P word, passion. Mm. I have passion for it, man. I mean, I was basically obsessed, man. All I would do is listen to music. Music, music was a big part of my life for a long time. We can talk about that a little later. Mm-hmm. But music really just took over my life. It was like a drug addict just obsessed with drugs. I was obsessed with music, mm. and. I just couldn't stop, man. I, I, that's the only word I could think of, obsessed and passion. I would listen to music all the time. I tell bass players, you got to put your instrument down. And just listen to music. Just listen to what the bass is doing. Listen to what the drummer is playing. Don't play. Just listen. Mm-hmm. You know, when you listen to other I, I, uh, iPod uh, shows, you're listening. How they, what, what was their intro like? What's their music? What's their format like? That's how you learn. Right. You know, I think these days people don't listen a lot. Everybody wants to snap their finger and they're the dopest ever, whatever it is you're trying to do. It's a process. You got to climb steps. Some steps are steep. <laughs> Requires a lot of work. And you got to, if you don't have that passion, you ain't going to keep going. You're going to just, just like you did with the bay, all my hands are later for it. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if you got passion, you know, they, they hurt today, but they might not hurt tomorrow. Right, 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 <laughs> you know right. What I'm so, yeah, that's 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 what kept me going, man. It's passion. That's what keeps me going now. It's passion. Mm-hmm. So, I hope that's that a good answer. That's <laughs> a valid point. You know, we talk about passion a lot on this show, and everyone who comes on here has a passion for something, and we always highlight those passions. And you know, y'all talking about what y'all played. I'm gonna talk about what I played too. Shoot, I, you know, I I played saxophone for about seven years, and I loved it. I loved it to death. Nice. But I didn't have a passion for it. I love playing it. But then I know I, I love music, so I got more into dance when dance came on. And there's music in that as well, but it's a different kind of thing. Um, when do, did you, Mr. Parker, Reggie Parker, I want to call you so many things. Um, when did you decide that the, the, the passion you had for music was more than that and you wanted to pursue it as a full-time career? When was that exchange for you? Wow. That's a good question. Uh I guess it happened around the time when I started to figure out that I could play and then other people told me I sounded good and they kept telling me I sounded good. And I guess that was kind of boosting my self-esteem and boosting me to keep playing because, you know, I'm not comparing myself to other bass players, but people kept saying, man, you can play, bro. You go, you this and that and that. And I guess that, that was my, my fuel yeah. to keep me going. So I didn't run out of that positivity. I had, I had a lot of positive people around me then that pushed me. It was, the world wasn't as hateful as it is now. Mm. A lot of people were pushing me and motivating me, man. You, you're going to be good, man. Just keep going. Don't stop. Keep going. That stuff works. If you get people to, 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 to put that into your, feed that into your, your soul, it's going to push you to, to, to do that. Mm-hmm. You got to get back to that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, when you ask me a question about Be More Today, I, I'm going to elaborate on that because <laughs> we need to get back to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My brother actually plays bass, and I told him we were going to be talking to you today. And uh, you know, he plays bass for his church. 
and he's great, uh, but he hasn't played in front of a big stage. I mean, you play for some of the biggest names out there. And some of the songs you played on, I've listened to for years, but didn't know that you played on them until, until literally this month. Uh, Will Smith's Freaking It, that's a song that I rock out to frequently, and that's all you. So I, I'm just really happy to have you on the show. But just talking about nerves again, when you are around these people, again, you are just like them, but you've been playing for years in front of big crowds. How do you deal with the nerves? How do you deal with preparing for these shows? Uh, what calms you down getting in front of people, performing? Uh, what's, what's your regular routine like? It's a good question. The only time I was really nervous for a gig was when I first played on Love Fellowship's first record, uh, the I Would Go Live in, uh, Live in Atlanta, the one that won the Grammy. That was my first time playing for a major, major recording. And I was nervous, bro. Nervous, nervous. And... I kept saying, man, don't mess up. You can't mess up. It's your bass tune. You remember the intro. Remember this part. And I just said, you know what? God got it. Mm. I didn't mess up. I, I was relaxed. And other than that, I never... rehearsal is a prime, prime thing. You have to rehearse. You have to practice. And I feel if you practice enough, you shouldn't know you shouldn't be nervous. Nothing to be nervous about. You know, I, I play a string instrument, so string instruments go out of tune sometimes. And sometimes it can really be a pain in the neck because it can really mess your spirit up. You you, you play a live recording, you kill a song, and it's all oh, your, your A string was out of tone. You got to do it over in the studio. Oh. Mm -hmm. Now you got to get that same energy that you had that night in the studio on the spot. That's not easy, you know, but uh, I'm a very confident person. And I feel that when you're doing your God-given gift, you should, you probably won't be nervous because you're, you're so relaxed, you're so confident, and you're doing what God wants you to do. And, when, you know, I have multiple gifts, not just music. I have the gift of gab. I can speak in front of a million people if I, if I had to, and I wouldn't be nervous because it's just, the gift of gab means you have the gift to talk. Everybody don't have that gift. And, you know, I'm able to speak in front of people. I love speaking in front of people, especially if it's a topic that I'm passionate about, if I'm giving advice, wisdom. I won't be nervous. Um, sometimes, when you know, Terrence has recorded. I've been recording with Terrence for two two records now. And sometimes when I'm, I'm on driving out to the studio, knowing I have to do bass edits, I'm trying to just psych myself up to get, because my, my bar for myself is so high, Sometimes I'm feeling like I'm here, but this is not going to do it. I got to get here. And that's not easy because, you know, I'm 53 now. I'm getting a little older. got kids, married, life. And it's hard sometimes to get to that level to do the stuff that I do on my bass instead of just playing a straight thing. I, you know, I want to play something spectacular. But you got you to raise your, you know, not just the bar, but you got to raise yourself to that level, your mind. And that's not easy. It's very difficult. And sometimes 25, 30 takes later, I finally get it right. You know, he that's my, Terrence is the, is the witness. It's, I don't get this stuff right the first 5, 6, 10, 15 times. Every now and then it might happen. Mm -hmm. That stuff is, is, studio work is no joke, people. I don't know how many musicians or singers is watching. That studio, there's a bunch of things in life that don't lie. The Bible don't lie. Let me tell you something musically that don't lie. The click track don't lie. That's the click that keeps the time as you sit. It ain't moving. If you off, you off. It ain't off. And that playback, when Terrence hit the playback button or what you recorded, 
truth and the light. Yeah, that's you singing off. You're off. <laughs> that your, your drum lick is off. It is what it is. You can't get upset because it, it could ruin you. You said, I thought I could sing. Maybe you can't. Just had a rough take. Just do it again. See what happens. You gotta be, your skin gotta be 15 inches thick as a, mu a musician, a recording musician. Yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. go in there soft because you're gonna get torn to pieces. A piece of paper that go up, just, I put this through a shredder, it's done. It's never going to be the same as it was. And that's how you got to be with music. And you don't, these young people today, we don't teach them that. They don't have no feeling. They don't have no uh, backbone because no one's teaching them that. Yeah. You know, you got to be rough, man, because music can tear you up, brother. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I would compare it to any art form where, you're being a perfectionist, whether you're uh, playing an instrument or you're on the basketball court. I think about LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, all those guys. They're in the gym for hours, putting in work. Well, who um, did they get that from? Who did they get that work ethic from? Say, say, say the goat's name. Who did they get that work ethic from? Uh-oh. Who, who's your goat? <laughs> no, the <no, Vigo>. goat. Uh-oh. <laughs> like Jordan, brother. Oh, I, I agree with you. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. got that from him. They studied I agree with you. You know, I agree with you. Yeah, every great has somebody they study, right? Whether it's sports, whether it's music, whether it's presidents, anything, right? You know, right, right. But it's that that same drive can be applied, like you said, either to music or to anything. But you have to, like you said, hype yourself up and really get to that stage. And I can really say, you know, looking at your resume and your bio, you've done that. I mean, all the way to the point where you won a Grammy. Uh, do you think your life has changed now? You put all this hard work in. You you. Uh, establish yourself as a basis that is world-renowned. Um, did your life change after this Grammy that you won? And in what ways do you think it either enhanced or changed your life in your career? It's a good question. Uh, no, it, had, it did not change my life because back then, uh, I did not think what I was doing with Love Fellowship, James, or any of the stuff that you read in the Bible, I didn't think it was a big deal. Mm. I was just trying to do the best that I could do. I didn't know people even cared about how much you could bear that intro until I joined Facebook in 2010. Way it took that long. When I joined Facebook, musicians knew, found out it was me, and they started saying, yo, I love that intro. I started getting DMs from guys that were in the hospital bed on the deathbed that said, that intro gave me life, and I'm still alive, and now I play bass. I got about 15 of those like that. Some of them almost teared me up. I started to show my wife because it, it was daily. Every single day, I started getting letters from bass players, from keyboarders, from drummers, from, from singers. I said, what is going on here? you my hero, bro. You just don't know. Oh, and I said, what? And I was more touched than anything. You know, somebody's head might have swelled up. No. Dude, I was in the... In the in, almost in tears. These are grown men sending me these things. And I say, wow, you're and they, they name other songs, not just how much you can bear, the King of Glory intro, Jesus is my help intro, Wonderful is your name. I mean, there's a lot. And they just went down the list. And that's when I started to say, wow, these people really love this. And in, in the last three years, the intro to how much you can bear has to be the most played gospel thing on most posted thing on Instagram. It has to be in Facebook too. I posted up a, a, a rehearsal we had for a reunion with Left Fellowship in 2016. 
just to put it up, wasn't expecting nothing from it. I had to take my wife to a doctor's appointment, posted it up real quick, boom, hit post. Check back in an hour and a half. I couldn't believe it. It said it had 150,000 views. Like crazy amount of likes. I said in an hour and a half. So it went all the way up to like a million views and almost like 750,000 likes. And the comments were from all over the world. It was just unbelievable. And I said, Lord have mercy, this is crazy. And that's when I really knew how much people really loved that song, that intro, and that groove. They were so fascinated by how bass player and drummer were grooving because, you know, a lot of these people don't see that these days, a bass player and a drummer communicating and locking in the song. So, I mean, crazy, man. I, I, I'm grateful. That's all I can say. It's, 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 it's interesting. And um, I see it because I'm connected to music. People always think when you win certain awards, it's like, oh, your career is going to shoot, you know, and it doesn't always uh, work that way. Some people, like you said, when you're doing it for the love, you don't realize, oh, I should have took advantage of this. I should have been more business head. I'm just, you just love what you do and you're doing it. And unfortunately, it leaves people open uh, to be taken advantage of. But let me, let me hop in right there real quick before you quit. That's a good point. <laughs> but you talk about taking advantage of and should have been more business. I don't say I was taking advantage of, but I definitely should have been more business. And I'm going to give this, this free wisdom to whoever's listening. If you come up with an intro, if somebody teaches a song, mm -hmm. it doesn't have an intro, it doesn't have a baseline, and you create an intro, you create a baseline, guess what else you create? You are now a co-producer of that song. Mm -hmm. You are old publishing. Mm -hmm. You are old money. You have to get your paperwork. And if they don't want to pay you, delete the intro, <laughs> delete the baseline, have them tell you what to play. But if you create something to play, you are old publishing. So mm -hmm. keep that in mind. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm, I'm glad you went there because we have a segment that we do every once in a while called Community Over Competition. And we have people, um, you know, up and coming bass players or people that are aspiring to be better and they, they give us questions. And so um, we, we have a couple of questions um, and I almost lost my place here. Here we go. Where does your revenue come from? Concerts or albums? Well, since you, if you don't where, get published, where does most of the revenue, I should say, where does most of the, where, yeah. If you don't get publishing, you know, your money comes from from the, the uh, shows, mm -hmm. getting paid for whatever whatever it is you charge. I mean, that's another conversation, what you should charge for playing for a gospel artist, mm -hmm. you know, but you gotta have, you gotta have that resume uh, that experience to charge a, a nice amount of money. I have to say that the Hezekiah Walker always paid me really well. Was, he he respected my, my craft and he always paid me well to play concerts and to definitely pay me well to play in the record, even though I didn't get published, but they paid me well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, another question that came across is, do you also produce records? And then is there money in that? Well, I didn't know I could produce until I started doing my own record. My first record was uh, Snapshots in 2013. 
still one of my favorites. And then I produced The Renaissance Man, which you was a part of. Mm-hmm. I put out Black and Beautiful, which is out now. And I have another one that I produced that hasn't been finished yet. So I, didn't, I was told early on in the 90s that I should write songs because I was so melodic. And I, you know, I, I didn't believe in that. I didn't believe that I could do it. So I didn't really pursue it. Because I was I was producing these songs, all these gospel hits. I, how much you can bear? I produ- I helped produce that. Mm-hmm. You know, I would go in Jesus' name, King of Glory, and all the songs I came up with, bass lines and intros. You know, and hey, sometimes it takes a while for you to actually know what you can do and mm-hmm. what you're good at. So better late than never. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so it seems now that you're putting more effort into production of your own work is is that where you see yourself putting more focus and is that more based on revenue or more based on passion uh, uh both i definitely love to produce i love 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 to ha- hear a song out of nowhere and come up with a melody come up with an intro a groove pick the right musicians to make the song become nothing into a musical rembrandt that's a whole nother conversation how do you choose to you know play and sing on the on the song but uh i after this next record is done i don't i I don't think you're gonna see me doing any more cds it's just too much work and i was talking about raising up myself to this level i could raise myself to the level to do a single definitely you might definitely see me put out a single or two every now and then but cds I, I'm struggling to finish this, this last one. And I never had to do that for any of the other three. You know, I was always on top of it and knocking the stuff out. But now it's it's a task, and I've never felt that before. And, and, you know what I'm saying? You're getting older, and it, it happens. And, but to still have the end result of it sounding the way it does is, is the bottom line. But I would love to produce other artists if their ego would allow it, meaning that, some some people don't want to ask you because they feel they can do everything. But I've heard some bass play bass players projects recently and it's proof they need to be produced. Everybody can't produce themselves. You don't know how a job of a producer is to get the best out of the song, out of the people that they're working with. And that includes yourself. Everybody can't put, get the best out of themselves. I can because my level has to be here. I'm not gonna accept that. And Terrence is my witness. He knows this is not going to work. If it's not here, then I'll just scrape, just forget the song. And everybody in anything can't do that. How do you produce yourself? How do you get the best out of yourself? You know, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, it makes me think, you know, you're doing so many things now. You said you want to uh, curtail and focus on certain aspects of your career now in terms of production. Um but you're also a father. Is it? Do you think that you doing what you're doing and balancing fatherhood and music production um, is challenging at this time? And what's the most challenging part of you being a father, husband, and a musician at oh, this stage in your life? Man, when I was doing Black and Beautiful, there was times when I was at Terrence's house and we had to rush and finish the song. I had to get in the car and just fly back to, to, to Brooklyn to go pick them up from school to meet them at the houses, they didn't have keys. And that was so stressful, man. So to be in the studio trying to get the song perfect and, and then to stop, you gotta get in the car and drive with all the traffic. 
to get home. I was, I was just exhausted. Yeah. Well, you know, family first. I have three beautiful kids, two daughters and a son. And they have to come first. And, and Ter- Terrence has witnessed a lot with me. He know I, I was not playing. I said, bro, I got to get out of here. I got to get go get my kids. And we had early sessions, 10 in the morning, 11 o'clock. Usually around 1.30, 2 o'clock, I had to be out of there. But, yeah, I, my kids now are a priority because my son just turned 15. So he 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 hears my music. I, I wrote a new song called, well, I won't say the name of it, but he, uh, he said, man, I love that song, Daddy. It's such a pretty melody. He's trying to play it on the piano. I almost started crying when I saw, when I saw that. Mm-hmm. He said, Daddy, I want you to hear your song, bro. I was almost done. <laughs> You know, my daughters, we would play. I had to drive to Atlanta a couple of weeks ago. We played Snapshots from my first record. We was listening to some songs. And they were they were singing my solo note for note. Another moment, I almost cried behind the wheel. And I said, wow. They, they, my son said, that's valid, Dad. You know how they talk. <laughs> I said, wow, I'm leaving y'all a great legacy. And they all three said, yeah, you sure are. And that touched my heart. Now, if they like it, I basically know I won because I can't make people like my music. It's very difficult to put out original music and get people to like it. You just put it out and see what happens. But if my kids like it, I won. I won before anybody else hears it. It doesn't matter. That's awesome that you say that. Is, is that the most rewarding thing, being a father and husband, seeing your kids like what you're putting out there? And if not, what is? For now, yeah, but also seeing them grow and become people that they are is all... My daughter's in, uh, she goes to Stony Brook. She's becoming a beautiful, beautiful young lady. My other daughter's the same, just beautiful, all different. All three of us are so smart. All three into the different things, you know, and just having a conversation with them and laughing. My son and I stayed in the same room. We was in Georgia, I t- you know, driving down south. We took a break. And that was beautiful, just talking and laughing with him and seeing him grow up as a young man, sharing stuff with him giving them wisdom. And my daughters, too. I give them wisdom, too, because they know with these guys, they, it's not much I don't know. And any guys that come to my house, they, they better respect me or they'll never be back. Because mm-hmm. Reggie Parker don't play that with his kids. Mm-hmm. You know, and they, they are my heart. My wife, we really work hard to, to keep them straight. And she puts in the majority of the work. I only get involved if I have to for the discipline side. No, we, I don't hit my kids. That those years been over. I look hitting on two girls. That's ridiculous. You know, my son and maybe every now and then. <laughs> 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 but, but for the most part, you know, you uh, just do your best and don't worry about it. All you could do is your best. And my mother used to always tell me she would pray when my brother and I started hanging out that we would come back safely. And that's what I have to do now. Because you can't be everywhere with your kids. They have to live their life, but you also have to have rules, too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I'm super impressed by you, uh, by your musical accolades and by your mentorship as a father and a husband. Um, I was blessed to hear Black and Beautiful. Uh, I played it actually last week in my car, front oh, really? to back, and I love it. Um, oh. I, I love Black and Beautiful, the actual track as well. Um, and I had two questions for you. First of all, is that you speaking... In in the song? In the beginning? Yeah. All my brothers. <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> okay. So and then, you know, it's it's just timely, I'm thinking, given all of the things that are happening in terms of uh, 
race in this country, nothing that's new, but just as prevalent right now. Was that, was sparked this project? Or did this project come out first before things were happening? And what sparked this project for you in general? Uh, last year, it was 2000. I started working on Black and Beautiful at the end of 2018-ish. And I made that song up. I was playing for a church. And me and the drummer, my boy Lloyd, used to play it after church every Sunday. That, 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 that. Came up that I came up with that, and then I came up with the melody. So I was standing at the train, waiting for the train, walking to it, and the car pulls by and honks the horn. Park up, da 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 I said, "Wow!" It was the praise team. They was paying attention, and I said, "Wow!" They remember all that. And when we would play the song, so many people would come to the front and just stand there and just be bopping their head. I said. That's a sign that you should finish this song. So I finished it, got it, you know, all the music done, and I heard a voice say, you know, that part, da 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 da, uh, should be black and beautiful. That mm. had to be God. Because I was not thinking about no black and beautiful. So once I heard that, I was obedient, started writing, you know, lyrics for it. And it's just perfect timing. I had this logo for my bass, mm. fist in the air, like you see there, long before. We did all this this year because I wanted a logo that could stand the test of time. And it wasn't just about the base. This logo stands for perseverance, determination, and passion. So that's why I put the fist in the air. But now I wear it and they, they think it's because of, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, which is fine. You could take it for that too. But it's just God's timing. You can't beat God's timing. I wanted Black and Beautiful to come out last August. And my brothers, I don't rush it, don't rush it. And I was mad at him. But now I'm loving the fact that he, he made me wait. Because <laughs> everybody thinks I did it on purpose. I didn't do it on purpose. I didn't know anything about uh, the Hamad Aubrey or then George Ford. I didn't know that was going to happen. My song, Black Hope, Black Soul, Black Pride. I mean, how perfect is that? I mean, unbelievable. Just the strength part alone, Terrence, that he did in the beginning is powerful. Mm-hmm. Telling the story about being on my on my honeymoon, yeah. I threw the, the forty ounce bottle at my wife, almost hit her in the head. Who knew? I didn't know. You know, it's it's crazy, man. How this all worked out like this. You know, yeah. I mean, you can't get no better than that, Sean. I mean, just God's timing is just never wrong. Yeah, that's Absolutely awesome. right. Absolutely right on that. Um, now, I, I, I was I was front and center. We was in the studio doing that project uh, for the longest. And one of the things that I wanted to I wanted you to share with the audience. And I, I thought it was just amazing. And I counted Black and Beautiful has 15 different listed featured artists. Feature, and that's just singing. Um, there's many different background singers, musicians. I know we were getting stuff from. Canada, we got stuff from India. One of the singers is from India. And tell me about your process. How did you come up with it? What made you go about doing it that way? I've never seen it done that way. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I learned that I had a gift for putting songs together, putting the right people on the song. I never knew I had that gift because I never was producing, you know? Mm -hmm. And when I heard Black and Beautiful, I heard a young lady on IG singing. She was singing a classical piece. And I love how she could go low, 
and go, hi, my name is Anitra. And I inboxed, I said, hey, my name is Reggie. I'm working on a project. I got to think I have the perfect song for you. She was she was ready. Now she came and blazed a uh, black and beautiful. You heard her, that though. Black and beautiful. That's low. And then she went right to the high part like it was nothing. I forgot the term they have for that when a woman can hit that low note and they go all the way to the top. So I knew she would work for that. I knew she would work for Open Road. Uh, will I ever hear you say, my friend Julianne from Montreal, he mentioned Montreal, we met and we, she wanted to work with me on the Renaissance Man, but we finished it. And I promised her, I said, when I get a, the right song for you, I promise you, you're gonna, you're gonna sing it. And I wrote the, that song and immediately, Sean, I knew it was a song for Julianne because I knew she was a soprano. And I knew it was kind of hot. And when she sent me back a reference, floored me. I could not believe it. I mean, she nailed it like it was a joke to her. I said, I mean, I'm sorry to send you something that didn't challenge you. <laughs> and she just knocked it out. And that, that she was in the studio. There was no bridge to the song. I had to, no words. I had to write that bridge while she waited for me in the studio. I wrote it in 10 minutes. And I, I sent her the, the reference to Instagram. And she sang it just like that. But the, I put them lyrics together. But it's a very difficult thing. For Get High, I had another gentleman singing that first, Terrence. And he, he was sending files like every three, four months, like it wasn't a big deal to him. So I said, you know, I got to move on. I heard the lady of Sanithia singing on Instagram again. She was doing cover tunes. Beautiful voice. You can't even hear an Indian accent when she's singing it. She sounds American. So I hit her up. And I said, hey, because we were friends. I said, I'm working on a song. I think I got a song for you. I think you can really sing it. I sent it to her. She sent me all these hearts back. Oh, my God, it's beautiful. She sent me the reference. I was like, oh, perfect. So she nailed it. She went to the studio. Everybody, Delicia on uh, Deja Vu, mm -hmm. she killed that. You know, she got the beautiful R&B voice. And she worked with us on a Renaissance, man. You know, she sent the tracks to me. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, man. It's hard to, to say, Terrence. I just other than it's just a gift to know who can play what, mm -hmm. who can sing what. Right. You know, styles. Everybody has a style. Right. But I mean, most most people they say, okay, this is my drummer. Maybe I got another. Maybe I got, maybe I go back and forth between two. I got this singer. I got that singer. You know, I got three. I, I know. You know, I got two people in the church. I got this other one I heard over here. You went just far. Like every song, it was almost like. I'm going to hand select a whole band and a whole, you know, different background. It was just, it was, it was very interesting to watch. I've never seen a producer work like that. <laughs> Each song sounds different. They got their own sound. Top of the world sounds so different mm -hmm. than Black and Beautiful. Deja Vu sounds so different than Get High. You know, Black Hope is so different than uh, Trap. Everything has its own kind of personality. And that's because you have different people playing on it. Right, right. And, well, if you get, if you do it like you said, you just pick one or two people and this is my band for 10 songs, you're going to have the same vibe all 10 songs. It's just going to be that same. Now, if that's what you want, that's fine, you know? But some things, I'll say this to you, to you guys and to your listeners. Your circle of friends that you use for, for recording, won't always get all out the song that could be getting out the song. When you record a song, it's like squeezing a towel, a wet towel. 
you, if somebody come behind you and squeeze the towel and get more water out of it, you ain't do your job right. Now, if they come behind you and that joint's dry, there's nothing left to do in the song. Mm-hmm. Understand? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Big words to live by. Amazing. Both went through a quick commercial break. Came back with more on the Be More Today show after these messages. What's going on, folks? Episode 20 of the Be More Today show with Grammy Award winning bassist Reggie Parker, music producer, poet, pastor's kid. He's so many things. This show is going to be one of the best ones and the best for number 20. He's here in the building with us today. Reggie Parker, thank you so much for being with us. It's been a blessing so far to have you. And you got me hyped, man. I want to go out there and make my own music. Shoot. Yeah. <laughs> together and do something big for this year. Yeah. So this, this year we've been asking everybody what the phrase Be More Today means to them. It's our mantra. It's, it's our motto. It's our company name. And for everyone, it's something different. So Reggie Parker, today is your day. What does the phrase Be More Today mean to you? Uh, well, I, I like the, the quote you had earlier. And I think that Be More Today should stand for Be The Light. You have to be the one that decides to turn your light on so that you're not in the darkness. And the darkness can be many different things. The darkness can be low self-esteem, not thinking that you're good enough to do whatever it is you want to do, not thinking that you're good enough, that people are going to laugh at you. Be more today, to me, means be the best that you can be. Be what God wants you to be. Be the light. Be the example to others. That If they see you do it, they should feel that they can do it. You know, a lot of people are opinionated these days, but they have an opinion, but they will never have the example. How can you have an opinion, a negative opinion, you haven't even done what that person has done? How, how dare you do that? How are you going to knock Jesus and he's over there walking on water? You could barely walk on the floor. He's walking across the water. You know, and, and people out here doing, doing dope music, putting their music out and it's killing and you knocking it, but you can't even sing uh, on key. Don't, I mean, everybody has an opinion. I have a song on the, on the project called Opinions. And it says, don't let people's opinions about you deter you from going for your greatness. Because if you let that happen, people's opinions will keep you from ever trying because you're too focused on what they think. Worry about what you think. If you say you want to go record some music, go record some music. If somebody, y'all got the idea to, to, to do, come up with the term, be more today. You had the idea to do a podcast. Did you go ask anybody, what do they think? You just did it. <laughs> Terrence, do I ever send my music out to people and say, hey, guys, tell me what you think about this melody I made up? Nah, nah. No. <laughs> you know why? Because my musicality tells me it's dope. Mm-hmm. And that's not arrogant. That's the musicality I have in my head saying, if that melody is killing, that beat is killing, this is nice. And that's what you need. You know, mm-hmm. and to be more today, man, that can go so many different ways. Mm-hmm. And I, to me, I think it just basically means be the example. We need more examples of people to will be the light for others. Because the light is so bright. When you saw a light walks in the room, you're like, hey, there's something special about this guy. Be more today. And I walk up to you, what does that mean? And then you tell me, and that's positive. Now you feeding me. Mm-hmm. That's what we need to do. We need to feed each other more positivity. There's too much negativity in this world. And I'm tired of negativity. <laughs> I, I'm tired of it. I, I just can't deal with it. You know, and the people are funny, man. One one minute they, they love what you're doing because they're involved and it's the best thing ever. 
as soon as you decide not to use them for the next project, now that you don't exist, or this stuff is trash, they're not going to say nothing. They're not going to post it. Nothing. They just the mute button. People are funny. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, along those lines, what advice do you wish someone shared with you when you were 18? Go to college, right after college, go get your master's degree. It's something that is a guarantee that you like, but you will always have a job. After your master's degree, go get your PhD. After that, get that, that career going, do music on the side. That's what I wish I, I, I wish I had my master's. I still had time to get my master's even when at 40. When I turned 40, that's when a light should have, I wish my parents or somebody would say, hey man, you know, music is beautiful. You had a great, great run. You should go finish your master's in social work. The world needs more social workers. Then you get your PhD, you can get six figures, you know, being a psychiatrist. Because mm -hmm. the, the world needs more black male psychiatrists. It's not a lot. And a lot of black men got serious issues. They don't want to talk, no offense to a white man. They want to talk to a black man. Mm -hmm. That's what's needed. And that's what I wish I've done. But, you know, I'm still trying to make that happen because... You know, I'm getting older. I'm at that stage now. I, I can't say I'm older than 53 because if I lived to be 63, I would say, Dag, I was really young at 53. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but I wish uh, guys that I, I, I had my master's or something and I was retiring now mm -hmm. and doing, you know, something else different, but I'm not, not that retiring means that you're going to have peace because I know so many people retired, they still lost because they never lived their life yet. Right. Be more today. They never had someone tell them be more today. You know, anybody can get a job and retire. It doesn't mean that you're happy. It just means that you worked 30 years. You got a pension and you probably still need another job. Mm -hmm. so, to me, I think happiness is something that doesn't get talked about enough in this world. Mm -hmm. People tell men, oh, you got to do what you got to do to take care of your family. How many times do people tell a man, well, whatever you do, make sure you try to stay happy, man. Mm -hmm. happiness is everything i was going to ask you what what do you feel the keys to living a fulfilled life is happiness yeah. happiness i speak it all the time to my kids whatever you do get a job a career that makes you happy mm -hmm. because happiness is just it just brings so much with it you know you wake up with a different frame of mind and you're happy no don't expect life to be perfect never gonna happen but if you have a circle and you have with in that little circle, that circle, you got a little circle that brings you joy, mm -hmm. which is your gift. You won because it's, it's you look at my fan behind it, that big circle, that little circle, that little circle could bring you happiness, whatever it is, your gift is, then you good because that big circle is life. Life is going to be hard. There's nothing you could do about it. It's going to rain some days. It's going to lighten it some days. Gonna be tornadoes some days. Gonna be bright sunshine some days. Mm -hmm. But that that circle for me, for me is music. I know Terrence loves music. Sean, you do well what you're doing. You've got some other thing. You got to do stuff that make you happy. Mm -hmm. You have to. Yeah, yeah. I, I I receive that. I hear that. I feel that. Um, so Reggie Parker, now you've done so many things. You talked about where you've been. Um, what's next? What's next for Reggie Parker? Uh, definitely one more record. I'm just about, you know, complete, but you know, a little snag. But 
definitely that after that i want to do something different if god has music for me then god will make that known mm. one thing about god he don't keep secrets from you he's going to tell you what he wants you to do you have to open your mind up to listen a lot of times people constantly staring at their phone they're constantly listening to music when do you meditate when do you listen to what's going on in your mind a lot of times you missing him his voice you know and so if he, if he has music for me he will let it be known being that meaning that other people from outside that know me will start to respect me and respect what i charge and say hey man I like what I hear from you. I want you to produce this, co-produce this, write this, do that. And if that starts to happen, I will continue to do music. But if it doesn't, I have to start looking into other things because you know I have my daughter is in school. She got another three years. My my youngest daughter is going next year, and you know it's it keeps going. But I I have I'm a big believer in faith. Uh, you see people with the faith over fear stuff. It's easy to quote all the all the scriptures out the Bible. Doesn't mean that you still have faith. You know, a lot of people shout out their clothes and then have no faith. Mm-hmm. You gotta have faith. And you know, I've, I've talked to my mother about that. I had to get her straight. I said, Ma, you you know every Bible verse in the Bible, but you gotta demonstrate faith. You gotta have faith that you can do it or it's gonna work out. And you just gotta just hey, I trust that God will speak to me. He spoke to me early on and I had a great musical career and I cannot complain about anything about my music. I had the beautiful opportunity to do all I did in the 90s and still years later still dropping my own records. Good records. <laughs> Not junk. Good stuff that will stand the test of time. And you know what I love about my music? It's positive. Mm-hmm. I don't put out stuff that's negative. You know, hug the wind. Hugging the wind. Positive means never give up on faith. You can't see faith, you can't see the wind. Just keep hugging it. You know, black and beautiful, positive. You know, stuff from the Renaissance, man, lifetime, positive. And that's what, that's my brand, just positive, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Well, I mean, you're on it. I mean, God has blessed you to get to this point and you've been so successful. So there's no doubt that the next phases of your life are gonna be just the same. And I, you know, I want to say something about your music. You talked about social work and, and getting your doctorate, your master's, et cetera. But I, I, you know, I really feel like music is soothing. It's therapeutic. And you never know how many lives you've touched simply by the songs you've made and people hearing your songs and playing your songs. I mean, that can be better than a therapy session. That can be better than someone going to a doctorate and hearing something you know, from a trained professional I know for me, music is soothing and it brings you to a place of comfort every single time. And I'm just one person. So right. knowing you're following and what you've done, I'm sure you've touched more people than you think you have. Right. And probably more people than you may even even had had done if you were going to grad school. So kudos to you for what you've done and that's are sweet. doing. I appreciate that. That's a, that's a big statement. I, I don't regret what I did, but, you know, Terrence asked me that deep question. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got another deep question for you. We talk about bucket lists all the time. So I need to know one thing that you have on your bucket list that you want to do in this life. I want to go to Africa. I want to film and see lions. I want to see lions in there. And I love lions. 
Love, love, love. The king, the, the male lion. When you look in a lion's eyes, what's the one thing that you never see? Fear. Fear. He look at you like, what's up? What you got for me, bro? Mm -hmm. Never does he look like he's scared. He's, he's peeked back. No. I love me some lions, bro. I, I sit here and watch YouTube documentary line. Most of them, I've watched all, all of them. <laughs> I would love to go to Africa and be able to film them just being lions all day and through the night, because at night is usually when they hunt. I would love to be able to do that, even if I go by myself. That's something I always wanted to do. Uh, there's a couple other things I wanted to do. I wouldn't mind jumping out of a plane. As crazy as that sounds, but I probably wouldn't do it because I have a wife and three kids now. But I would love to do that. And, you know, I, I'm I'm an adventurer. I love trying things. You know, I want to. I would love to travel the world. I I miss traveling. I used to travel so many places. Yeah, I miss that, man. I I, I want to get back into traveling. But COVID 19 2020 has been the year of change. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the year of change you're going to change regardless. You have to. And I think that's where we are now. We have to change. COVID-19, God let that happen for a reason. And it has opened up so many books on what's wrong with the world. Mm -hmm. Essential workers having to go to work and make minimum wage and you know, all that stuff. Because I was working at, at Whole Foods and you know that, that could be a debilitating type of thing. It, it, it'll, if, you, if you know people in your life that need to be humble, Make them go work at a grocery store for six months. They can't. They can't quit. They got to go for six months. And I guarantee you, on your podcast today, that they will be humble. And many won't last six months. They won't last two months because it's it's it can knock you down because the people that don't they don't respect you. That's why you can't get too high off who you think you are because you go to work. You just your first and your last name. That's mm -hmm. all you are. I don't care about no Be More Today podcast. They don't care about Reggie Parker uh, bio. No, I'm Reggie Parker. I'm just Reggie at that job. Mm. I don't care about Parker. They don't care about Will Smith. I don't care about none of that. But it's humbling because it lets you know, hey, man, <laughs> you just regular person. And I think if all of us just thought of that like that, it's, it'll keep you humble. But don't let it keep you down to the ground where you don't go achieve your goal. Right. Because I work with so many people that they are hurting so bad, man. They, they have no self-esteem, you know, because that place they don't build, they don't build your self-esteem. They're negative. Everything is negative. And you don't, yeah. you don't want to be around, like I told you, you don't want to be around negativity because it'll destroy you. I want to be around people that's telling me, man, this, man, that, you good, you know, and that's what you want your kids. And that's how you want to be around. You want to be around positivity. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. I do think COVID-19 has brought out many things than many people uh i mean it, it, this podcast came out of COVID 19 to be honest um it was something that we talked about that came right before it hit but its success and its, its um diligence moving forward has really been a result of COVID 19. so uh, so how did COVID 19 make you guys do it what why did COVID 19 have to happen before this happened well it, it was happening initially but we've gotten more momentum because everybody's home <laughs> so uh -huh. we can really get to people and do more shows and interact with people better now because everybody has been in a place where they can really be more accessible. Yeah, um, slow people down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, with that, we've looked at people for this year, even still with COVID-19, trying to do things based on our steps to greatness. I wrote this book called Be More Today, 
And it has these steps talking about things you want to start doing, stop doing, and goals for your life. And in the book, we talk about one thing you want to start uh, for 2020, one thing you want to stop 2020, and one goal you may have for your life. But everybody's goal has somewhat changed with 2020. So, Reggie Parker, what's one thing that you wanted to start doing or have already started doing this year? Well, I mean, I would like to go get my master's, get my master's degree, but I... I haven't really, I've done a lot. <laughs> I've done a lot. I think the harder question is what I want to stop doing. All right, what do you want to stop uh, doing? That's a, that's a tough question. Because I'm not a procrastinator, so I can't say I, I stopped procrastinating. I think one thing I had to stop doing was judging others and judge myself. And I think if a lot of people just judge themselves, the world would be better because you you, we have so much about ourselves that we need to fix instead of worrying about what other people are doing that we would improve ourselves. You know, it's easy to judge someone else. It's mm-hmm. easy to say, who do you think he is? Why did he do that? But I've learned that God has got a sense of humor. Three months later, now you're in that same situation. Mm-hmm. So I've learned to keep my mouth shut. If something happens, we all have an opinion, blah, blah, blah. I don't like Trump, but Karma will always have her say. It's mm-hmm. just a matter of which day. We all have to face it. So I've learned to just try to just keep my, you know, my opinion to myself because I don't want to judge people like that. I used to be one that judged lots of people. And I'm older now. And I know just sometimes you just got to keep it to yourself. Mm-hmm. Everybody mm-hmm. don't need to know what you think. Just, just keep it to yourself. Yeah. And then one goal you may have for the rest of this year as we're now in the latter part of 2020. I want a Grammy, man. Mm. I want a Grammy. I, I, I put a lot of hard work into music. I just got accepted into the Recording Academy a couple of days ago. I got my email. And this was happening, been going on since last year. That's how long it's taken. And they was telling me it's going to be hard to get in because the stipulations is hard. They check your IG, they check your, your all the stuff that you played on and blah blah. And I got it. I said, wow, that was I'm on it, you know. So I just have to pay my dues tomorrow so I could be a part of the voting for Grammys for the upcoming Grammys. And I'm I'm happy that I was able to get in there. Mm-hmm. And you don't know what's gonna come from that. Oh, shoot, I'm gonna submit my black and beautiful to be to get a Grammy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why not? Right. <laughs> you know? But yeah, I want I would love to get a Grammy, Sean. Why not? Yeah, yeah, why not? I, I want a Grammy with someone else's project. I want a Grammy for Reggie Parker's project. Mm-hmm. They're not going to officially be like, just like our man is in this, in this, in this <laughs> you know? And I, I want my kids to see me win something. I want them to see me win. And even though I am winning with putting out music, I would like to see them, them see me get something. And I think after that, after I stop crying, I think I would really be good. And if it doesn't happen, I'm good regardless. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that would be a great goal. And to get back in school and get my master's degree. And just try to keep being being more today and keep being a light to others and encouraging people to, to live their dreams. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people need confidence and I try to give people confidence. And like you said, I know I have a lot of silent fans that don't, you know, tell me what my music means to me and 
sometimes as a musician, you want all the likes, you want everybody commenting, oh, this is the dopest, but a lot of people are quiet, quiet followers, and they're not going to say that. They might inbox you. They may not inbox you. And you may never know. That's just, that's just how life is. You just keep putting the music out there. And I agree with you, Sean. Music is very soothing, very therapeutic. And yeah, it's beautiful, man. I'm, I'm thankful for everything he's done for me. That's what's up, man. That's that's what's up. Now I know with this next question, I can open up the floodgates, but I'm I'm gonna ask it anyway, just because I I know you, Reggie. Any final tips or advice you want to share with up and coming bass players? Well, practice, 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 practice. But you gotta practice the right way. You can't just keep going to cover tunes all day, all night, all week, all month. You just have a, a, a Instagram full of cover tunes. What you should do is play cover tunes that have dope bass lines on it. And then try, like I said, I told you earlier about listening, listening to what what the bass is doing to the song. And then begin to apply it to maybe some other stuff that you play for. Get out the box. Stop staying in that box with everybody else because that can limit you. You may have a special gift that God wants you to use, but you stand in that box with people that really don't have what's going on will definitely put your fire out. You want to hang around people that are going to make you grow, or level you higher, make you work higher to get to that that higher musical bar. A lot of people is here. You, you don't want to stay here. You want to get at least here. So I would say to get out your circle of friends, practice all sorts of music, to my gospel-based players. Do not just practice gospel all day, all night. R&B from the 90s, the 80s, Hip-hop from the 80s and 90s, jazz from the 80s, 90s, reggae, rock, country, all of that stuff. You want to be a musician, that's how you become a musician. You don't just want to be a gospel musician and play CCM all day. The CCM is not going to take you nowhere. Practice all genres. Stop listening to your pastor to tell you to just listen to gospel all day. No, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Listen to everything, all the greats, Earth, Wind, and Fire, Stevie Wonder, Donnie Hathaway, Marvin Gaye. The list is long. Listen to that, that type of music. So when somebody calls you, I want this R&B vibe, you can give it to them. I want this hip-hop vibe, you can give it to them. I want a gospel vibe, you give it to them. You get your money. It's business. Yeah. They're not calling you if, they, if, they, if you can't do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was good, right? I didn't say nothing crazy, right? That was that was that's wisdom, Doc. That's wisdom. I knew you was gonna throw wisdom. I just ain't know how much wisdom you was gonna throw. Yeah, I don't want to get too crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, fi- finally, man, how can people connect with you? How can people support? Where can they find you? Follow you? Okay, well, uh, I'm on IG as Mr. Parker's Music. That's my primary uh, social media. When I tweet. Uh, don't get too much action, so I very rarely tweet. I'm not on Facebook anymore like I used to be. It's just not kind of crazy about that platform anymore. I love IG. I have a lot of support on IG, and that's what I'm going to probably rock with. ReggieParker.com is my website. All my all my CDs are on there. You can download singles. You can download the whole project. I'm going to try to update it. You know, I have some videos on there, and there's a possibility I might do a podcast in the future. I love to talk. And I'm thinking about it. Well, if I get if I can afford mics like I see Sean's mic and your mic, you gotta get me some mics like that. <laughs> Amazon, Amazon. Amazon. 
<laughs> but, yeah, but that's that's something I would love to do is do a uh, have an iPod uh, an iPod call, what do you call it podcast podcast <laughs> I would love to have one even if it's just me talking because I can talk for an hour by myself <laughs> <I've done it. laughs> as long as I have a topic I just want to feed people wisdom you know if you just want to hear it play in the background as long as it is, is relevant and feeding people and I'll, every now and then I would have guests on but I would have to see if their guest was, you know, kind to me. <laughs> I'm not going to ask some people that I just, I can't ask a hater to be on my podcast. I can't. Pray for me. I'm not there yet. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Reggie Parker, you have made episode 21 for the book. Thank you so much for joining us, sharing your wisdom, your knowledge. Folks, check out the uh, album in all social mediums. Uh, Black and Beautiful is found everywhere on all streaming platforms. It is amazing. It is timely. It is poignant. It is for you. Check it out. And Reggie Parker, we're going to have you back on the show once we get you having your own podcast. And uh, looking yeah. forward to that. Looking forward to that as well. So we're going to get to existence. You got to get me tips and pointers. That's right. <laughs> and we'll get an Amazon mic for you. No problem at all. Um, don't forget our quotation for the day, folks. I will not allow my life's light to be determined by the darkness around me. So journal truth, it is uh, the word that we're living by today. And like Reggie Parker said, happiness is everything. So go out there and be happy, be happy, be happy. Terrence, another great show in the books. Thank you so much, my friend. Yes, sir. How you spell her oh, name? Joyner, S-O-J-O-U-R-N-E-R. Uh -huh. -E that's a powerful quote, brother. Yes, sir. For those of you who want to find more of our quotations or more just to be more today, uh, merchandise and inspiration, you can check us out on Be More Today Facebook and Instagram. Our website is sobemoretoday.com. That's bemoretoday.com for all of our music, where it's for life music, our book information, our podcast information, and subscribe to our Be More Today page also on YouTube for any workouts that you want to follow. Be More Today show is also found on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, CastBox, and Google Play. And again, like I said earlier, now heard in the U.S. and 10 other countries. So we're really excited about that. There is a support box on that page if you want to support us in any way uh, to keep the mics going from Amazon, to keep the lights on in the studios. We really appreciate all that support. So please, please give us anything that you feel uh, is worthy for this show. And if you want to send us any thoughts for people you want to see on the show or questions for our guests, you can email us at bemoretoday at gmail.com. That's bemore, the number two day at gmail.com or all of our social media platforms. Terrence, words for life. Yes, words for life. It's 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 blessing people's hearts, man. It's it's Christian perspectives with hip hop inspired beats behind it. Um and the the topics are uh, success. I mean it's just it's on everywhere streaming now. Um so Apple uh, Apple Music, uh, Spotify, where, wherever you normally listen to music, it's there. It's called Words for the Number Four Life, Volume Three. The artist is B More Today. Uh, you can find it there. That's it, folks. So go out there and check out Words for Life. Check out Black and Beautiful. Check out Renaissance Man, which is also an amazing track by uh, yours truly, Reggie Parker. And for those of you who have been present for this show, Episode 20 is in the books. So for all you out there, please have a good day. Have a good night. Have a great life. Continue to take your steps to greatness to be the best version of you. Peace. Living life with nothing to prove. I'm going to be.